Simplify your federal agency's technology procurement with Connection Public Sector Solutions. Connection's dedicated account managers, commitment to exceptional customer service, and extensive catalog of federal contracts make IT purchases quick, easy, and affordable. Turn your challenges into opportunities and get rid of your technology pain points with Connection today. Learn more about what's possible with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front here at the Attention Area Media Studios. I am Baxter Colburn. And I'm Simon Provan. A very good day to you, Simon Provan. How are you? I missed you last week. Life Likewise. was very lonely without you. Well, well I, I, I apologize for that, Baxter, but I uh, had a great three-day field trip oh, with good. my youngest daughter. So Where'd you guys go? We were at, out at uh, the McKenzie Environmental Center in Poinette, Wisconsin. So wow. Where, I've never heard of that. Where, it's, where uh, <laughs> well, for the, for the people it? of Wisconsin, <laughs> it's, um, it's basically between the Dells and in Madison. Oh, okay. And uh, but but lovely lovely time that we had together. Uh, well, good. A lot of bonding as, as father and daughter, which is uh, which is a great thing. And then all day Friday, I was on a, a shoot for uh, for a national company as well. So oh, well, there you so go. I can't complain, Baxter. Been a busy. It's been a good busy. That's, yes, that's exactly. always the best kind right, of busy. It's right. one of the things that's like yeah, it's tedious busy, but when it's a good busy, you're like absolutely. Like, yeah. How about yourself? How, how about no, life is good. I get to go to Florida today, yeah. so I'm very excited about that. Uh, I get to jump on a plane after I do the next show here on Brew Sports, and then jet out and head down to Midway and whoosh, I'm off. Spend so. some time with mom and mom. I know, I know. I've been getting yeah. pictures texted me from the pool. Be like, oh, like it's sunny, <laughs> palm trees. I'm like, I get it. I'll be there soon. I'm very excited. Awesome. <laughs> so great. I'm excited for it. So if I see my extra jittery today, it's not the extra coffee I've had. It's the fact that I'm just excited to, to get to Florida, not only see my family, but to actually take a couple days off. And, so, and for me, if I seem it. jittery, it, it's because of the coffee that I've had. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I, Simon has taken the extra <laughs> coffee uh, from me, basically, and tucked it that way. So uh, we've got two good guests joining us later on today. Uh, Milwaukee Torrent head coach and owner Andy Dobby is going to be here in studio with us to recap their 3-1 loss over the weekend to AFC Ann Arbor. They now take on Detroit City FC on Friday and then also come back home to play Lansing United on Sunday. So we'll talk to him about those games. Uh, we'll also have uh, Washington Spirit attacker Joanna Lowen stopping by the program as well too. So she's continuing to recover from her injury that she sustained in the opening week of NWSL action. So we're going to get an update from her to see how she's feeling and a uh, possible timetable on all that fun business. So uh, lots to get for, lots to get to today. A lot of excitement to get to as well. Uh, we do start off, of course, with the kick around, uh, where we take a look around the wide world of soccer to see what's going on. Uh, and apparently, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, world Cup 2026. Uh, there's the try bid from the United States, Canada, and Mexico, all trying to bring it here to North America. But apparently, FIFA is saying that the the process is still open. The applications are still open. Right. Yeah. There was uh, there was talk that perhaps this would all be streamlined. That that basically FIFA would just say, you know what, nobody's going to top this bid, so let's just give it to them. Uh, but in the spirit of FIFA, in the spirit of competition, in the spirit of <coughs> bribery. 
uh, <laughs> FIFA has decided to actually open up the bidding to other countries. The two regions, Baxter, that are not allowed to make a bid are Asia and Europe. Obviously, it's going to be in Russia in 2018, and then, of course, in Qatar in 2022. I was going to say it's because of the right. recency, and right. you don't want to keep putting it in the same continents over and over sure. again. Sure, uh, but... Th- only it's only open until August 11th of this year that other countries can hmm. say yes we want to host so do you think anybody else is going to push anything in Morocco yeah Morocco they've been talking about they've they've bid so many times for the World Cup Baxter that, that uh, just seems so strange to me well why why Morocco <laughs> what do they possibly have to offer well, I, I honestly, I don't know that much about Morocco, so I can't comment too much. But, but obviously, they feel c- confident in themselves. They bid True. for the 94 World Cup, which, of course, was in the U.S. They bid for the 98 World Cup, which, of course, was in France. And then South Africa got the 2010. So that's part of it is, True. There, you know, there, there have not been many World Cups, only one, in Africa. So Morocco is saying, hey, hmm. we need to get it back to our continent. The True. tough thing is, but, you know, it hasn't been in a CONCACAF region either since 1994. <laughs> That's the big thing about this, too, is that, I mean, CONCACAF, I mean, 1994, the United States hosted that, kind of helped put the United States na- internationally on the map for men's soccer. Women, of course, have done their own path, but people continue to try to, to judge and say, what what can the United States do? Will this, you know, tri-bid really help out? I think it would. I think it's going to be a positive thing through and through for all parties involved, but a, a, a country like Morocco, I, I mean, Luis here in the comments as well, we are live on Facebook and YouTube and Spreaker, so you guys can look at us here. Uh, Luis in the comments says he thinks that Bull is going to bring six nations to the 2026 World Cup, so in that regard, it would kind of make sense why they would uh, want to. It's actually been announced. That. Yes. Yeah, it's yes, been announced yep. that South America will get six. Africa will be the second most represented region That's after amazing. Europe. They'll have nine. Again, we're talking 2026. Europe will have 16. Wow. Uh, CONCACAF will have six, which I think is... Hmm. We don't deserve six, hmm. to be Frank Baxter. Yes. We do not deserve six. Um, and I think part of that is, is FIFA setting this up to say, okay, we're going to have CONCACAF in here, so we'll allow these three teams, these three nations, to these three host nations to automatically qualify. Um, so we need to have at least enough uh, competition for for three other spots. That's the only thing I'm thinking. Uh, Oceania will be guaranteed one spot, so that means New Zealand will be qualifying for the World Cup. For, there you go. Uh, Good for them years. for the numerous no- amounts of times that New Zealand continues to to check in. Uh, if you have any questions or any thoughts for us, make sure to drop it in the comments section below. We do say a good day to Brian and Greg and Luis and everybody else that's chiming in. Trevor as well, too. Uh, we are going to be joined soon, as we mentioned, by Joanna Lohman from the Washington Spirit. It's going to be great to hear from her, of course, and then Milwaukee Torrent head coach Andy Dobby is going to be swinging by as well. Uh, Aside from what's going on at the senior level, there's also been a lot of excitement at the U17 level for the men's. Or is it? Can you call them the men? They're the boys. You know, they list them as men's, but I I guess as a dad, I'm always like, no, they're boys. Yeah, when you're under 18 years old, it doesn't count. You're not. You're not there yet. But the pseudo men, whatever they are, the teenage U17 national team for the guys' side. Uh, found some success recently. They were making a big name for themselves. If you've been following the U.S. national team on social media, they've been doing nothing but posting about it. However, uh, lo and behold, they have to go all the way to the final, and who do they meet but Mexico? Well, Mexico. Now, keep in mind, they did beat Mexico earlier in the tournament back year. It was a historic win for them, just as the U-20s had a historic win over Mexico, first time in a, a championship competition. However, 
The U.S. goes in. They actually go up kind of early, Baxter, in this game, one nothing, and Mexico scores a heartbreaking 92nd-minute goal in the CONCACAF Championship Final. I kind of agree with this. It goes straight to penalties after 90 minutes rather than playing an extra 30 minutes. The reason I say I agree with that is you still have a lot of these young kids on both sides, right. uh, either making names for themselves with MLS teams or European teams. Uh, so, you know, they, they don't want to risk injuries so early in their careers. But nevertheless, Mexico beats the U.S. in that shootout. So Mexico wins the U-17 uh, CONCACAF championships. But nevertheless, U.S. is still in the U-17 World Cup, Baxter. So I mean, that's, that's, that's ultimately the big thing to take away from all this as well, too. If you Hello. are a, a fan of the United States men's national team at that younger level, I mean, if you continue to ask the questions like, how can we get better at the national level? Well, it starts with the younger levels, the 17s, the 20s, the 23s, right. the success right. we're seeing with them. If you want to know what the 2026 roster might look like or any other future World Cups, look at these guys right now. Absolutely. Uh, and one of those names, Baxter, Josh Sargent, uh, Sargent sorry, yep. had a, a great U-17 World Cup. He's actually been named to the U-20 World Cup team by Tad wow. Ramos earlier this week. Well, good for him in that regards. I mean, it, it's good to see and hear that uh, you continue to see all these younger players making names for themselves uh, on a consistent basis. So uh, anything else you got for us, Simon, before we jump into our first guest? Uh, maybe I should save this for the NWSL spot, but just in case we run out of time, yeah. rumors flying, Baxter, that Vancouver may become the Ooh. first Canadian team to have a team in the NWSL. There you go. This off the back of rumors of uh, areas like Salt Lake City, uh, LA maybe getting a team, Atlanta, numerous others as well, too, but a very historic potential moment. Uh, if Vancouver does become the first city to have a NWSL team, yeah, and they've you know this this actually makes sense to me, Baxter. They've had numerous women's teams uh, in Vancouver, so mm-hmm. to make that step up to the NWSL, uh, probably connected to the Whitecaps, by the way, makes perfect sense to me. You're absolutely right about that. Well, speaking of the NWSL, Simon, it's a thing that you and I like to talk about every once in a while. And we've got a lot of great friends and colleagues within the league. That certainly make it a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had the opportunity to speak with Joanna Loman from the Washington Spirit. Unfortunately, maybe we have a jinx as well, too, Simon, because we've got the, we've got the two up front magic, but maybe we had the two up front uh, issue in the sense that maybe we jinxed Joanna as she ended up I getting hope hurt. Not. I, I really I hope, hope not. not. <laughs> we've, better, we've got a perfect track record so far for not hurting players after they've come on our show. However, uh, Joanna Loman of the Washington Spirit is here with us now. Joanna, first and foremost, welcome back to Two Up Front, and uh, how are things for you? Hey, boys. I put all the blame on you guys. Yeah, it's fine. It's I, fine. You know, I've been, I've been searching for a reason and someone to blame about this injury, and now i found it. Thank there you, you so go. much. However we can make you feel better. <laughs> right. <the> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, let's, let's face it. It, it, it was, uh, you know, you, we watched the replay of it, and it certainly didn't look like anything serious at first. You were basically just backpedaling, and, and next thing we see, you're on the ground, slamming the ground. Uh, so, you know, you'd almost like it to be where somebody tackles you pretty hard, and that's the reason it happened. But so many times you see these ACL injuries happen mm-hmm. out of just something so simple as backpedaling. Right. Uh, did you know immediately, Joanna, that something was seriously wrong when you went down? Well, you're not giving me enough credit because I actually went down six minutes before that. Mm-hmm. That was the third time my knee buckled. Ah. So I... I actually got injured in the 11th minute, and I was lunging for a ball, and then my left leg came down, planted into the ground in a very strange fashion, and, you know, locked into the ground, and my knee just buckled in. And I've never had any injury, so, and I'm a complete psychopath. So I, I fall to the ground, and I think, okay, well, I just did something odd, and that really hurt, but it's the 11th minute, the first game of the season, there's absolutely no way I'm coming out of this game. 
so I, I get back up. I run down the field. Um, I connect a few passes. Actually, I wanted to take my stats on a torn ACL. I think I had a 100% possession rate. Um, connected a few passes, and then my knee buckled again. I fell over. The referee came up to me. She said, are you okay? And, you know, I said, of course I am. So I, I get back up again, and then I run down the field. I defend a corner kick. And then the instance that you guys are speaking of was the third time my knee buckled. I was backpedaling, go to change direction. My knee gave in again, and I fell to the ground. I knew at that point I was a liability, even if I wanted to play on, um, that my team deserved better. So um, asked to get subbed out. So, so to answer your question, no, I did not know. Well, um, Joette, oops, and sorry. No, go no ahead. it's okay. I, I didn't know. And then the doctor tested it right away. I think he knew right away, but didn't want to give me the news until I was inside and <laughs> In a protected and safe environment, um, he told me at <laughs> halftime that he think I he he was pretty certain I tore my ACL. And I just I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. And unfortunately, too, I mean, for those that have followed your career very closely, the last two professional games that you've played, Joanne, and I know you and I have had conversations about this. For those folks that don't know, you lose the NWSL championship game. You don't even get a chance to appear in arguably the biggest game of your life. Then you get the opportunity to be a consistent starter for Washington, and then this happens to you with your leg. I know the answer to this, but I want you to tell the rest of the world what you've told me before. Are you done? Are you retiring? Or do we have more to lock to come? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> no. You know, it's my dad said this to me. My parents were at both those games, and they said, they said, you know, your last two games you walked off the field in tears. And it was true. But there's no way that my career is going to end without, um, you know, me controlling when it's done. And... I don't care if I tore both of my knees and broke my shoulder. I would be, you know, crawling out of the depths of hell <laughs> to get back to this league and get back to this team. And, you know, um, I, I was not surprised how supportive my parents have been, but, you know, parents, when they see their daughter go down, luckily it wasn't, you know, a violent and traumatic way of going down. I, I walked off on my own power. But, you know, for, for them to see that, it's, it's hard. And for my dad to say, Joe, it's your destiny to come back and play, you know, it gives it gives me a lot of inspiration and courage to know that this is my destiny, no matter what, um, that I will be back in the spirit uniform and in the NWSL in whatever capacity I can. Well, speaking of the spirit, uh, Joanna, you you play a big part of that, and and I'm I'm sure that you'll be going to as many practices as you can, even if uh, even even if you're not able to get on the field, um, but. Washington with a nice win over the weekend, 4-3 over Sky Blue, much-needed win. So shifting from the injury, just more about the club now. How does the spirit move forward and be successful this season, especially when they do lose the heartbeat of their team? Oh Yeah, I was at the game last weekend. Um, it was a fantastic win for our club. We've always been a team that prides itself on you know, a blue-collar work ethic, and that was really my mantra as a player is that I just – I try so hard at everything that I do. And, uh, you know, we really embrace that concept here in Washington. So I'm not the only player that, that has that kind of mentality. So I know it's going to be carried throughout the team. It's the culture. And it runs deep um, in our veins. So as you could see this past weekend, you know, we may have been outshot by Sky Blue, but we pulled out the victory 4-3. Uh, to three, And that, that's just from the grind. And I have faith that the team is going to continue in, in this manner. It's not going to be an easy season. Let's not you know, fool ourselves. There's some great teams in NWSL, but I think we can compete with any team, and that's because of our heart um, and really our work ethic. So um, regardless of, you know, if it touches off any given game, if your effort is there, you always have a chance. So 
um, you know, we're going to go to Seattle this next weekend. That's going to be a, a tough ask to travel all the way to the West Coast and play away from home in a tough stadium with a tough crowd and um, against a very talented team. But like I said, um, you know, we have we have the heart of a lion, so uh, we can we can take down a, a bigger beast. Well, you know, it's funny, one of your mantras that I've seen on Twitter and some of your videos that you've been doing, it's been great to watch your recovery, is that ACLs are overrated. Yeah. But, you know, the, the thing about <laughs> stats, too, every single stat is overrated, uh, except for the scoreline. That's the one that all ultimately matters. Right, exactly. And that's the big thing with this, too, Joanna. You talk about, you know, continuing to face difficult teams and continuing to battle here for Washington. You ladies now have to go take on a Seattle team that is honestly still trying to find their identity. They reloaded a lot in the offseason with Christine Nairn and many other talented players. It's crazy to think that there's only a point that separates the spirit and the rain at this point in the season. What have, what have you heard from Coach Gabara? I know obviously you're not going to be on the field, but what have you been hearing while you've been at practice or the, the, the general vibe from the ladies, as you mentioned, to go to the West Coast to now have to take on a, a team like Seattle that can put five goals in against Houston, which, let's be honest, it's very easy to do, but that's irrelevant to the conversation. Aside from that, though, how, do you, how does Washington attack the high-powered rain offense? I think defensively, you know, we've been a very strong unit so far this season. Um, take away the three goals that were scored against us in Sky Blue, but you know, I think we have a lot of confidence in our defensive capabilities. And as a professional soccer player, you rarely have the luxury of you know really looking up and saying, okay, who am I playing against? Concentrating on them. You're so concerned every day about showing up, doing your best, earning your starting spot, giving your team um, every bit of of your talent and your attitude that. You, know, you wake up and all of a sudden it's game day and you're ready to face Seattle and it's the coach's job to prepare you for the team that you face. And I know that Jim Gabara and Denise Reddy, um, they work so hard and I truly admire how many hours they are in the office. Um, as an injured player, I come at the end of training and I leave two, three hours after a, you know, a typical player who's on the field and I still see them in the office working away, developing um, you know, training training drills and also working to see what the um, opposition looks like. So I, you know, I fully expect that we're going to be prepared. Uh, it will not be an easy game. Um, like you guys said, you know, Seattle is, has a high-powered offense, uh, but um, this isn't our first rodeo, right? Uh, we've been through this before, so it's, it's almost business as usual. Besides the fact that you're flying across the country, um, every day, it's, you wake up and you play the game of soccer. And so you, you figure it out. You problem solve. And I have full faith that our team can do that. Looking at more of a general side of things, when you look at the league as a whole, Joanna, obviously you've had a very different perspective of the league now than the rest of the players. But from what you've been able to kind of just analyze from the league as a whole, what has surprised you the most about this NWSL season? We've played a handful of games so far. Is there a specific team or a specific player that has either impressed or just completely fallen apart that you even as a player and maybe in a potential opponent have just kind of been like, whoa, that's really strange. Like what, what surprised you the most about this season thus far? Coming into preseason and having played you know, all of preseason, every single year the rookies that come in get better. So the standard of the league and the quality of play is higher each and every year, and I think you're starting to see that. In the first um, you know, four seasons of the NWSL, I always felt like you had a team that somewhat ran away with, ran away with it, and I felt you had a team that struggled. Um, so there was a definitive number one, and there was a definitive last, last place team. But this year you see a lot more parity. And I think we have to give credit to the players coming into the league that are raising the standard. And also, too, um, you know, you see that every team has quality players and has talent. Like you're not going to 
um, have a team that runs away with it, which is, I think, really great for the league. So I've not that I've been surprised by how close the point margin is between the first and the last place team, but I'm, I'm very hopeful that this will be the theme um, moving forward and there won't be a significant gaps in talent. Uh, Joanna, taking it back to the first part of the conversation, uh, and thanks for your insight, by the way, on, on the current yes, NWSL season. We, could, we don't always get that from, yeah. <laughs> uh, from players. And, of course, with you being able to – I guess that's one of the positives is you're able to watch right. a lot of what's going on. Um, but speaking of that, so you, you've got the injury. Is recovery coming a, a lot better than expected? I mean, we saw you jumping around in, in your latest video, kind of mm-hmm. scaring me a little bit. Going, hey, hey, hey. Easy does it. <laughs> Just had surgery. So the dad in me, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, but wondering, you know, is recovery coming along quicker already than anticipated? Um, I don't necessarily think quicker. I think ACL, it's fighting time. Regardless of if I'm you know, hopping around on one leg or not hopping around, it's still going to be three months after surgery until I can run on land. So, you know, I'm very encouraged by my progress. And it, it helps me mentally to wake up every day and know that little by little I'm, I'm very much improving. But, um, you know, with the bone having to heal and the proper um, recovery with no rushing, it's still going to be six months before I take the soccer field in a cold, cold manner. So, yeah, the recovery is going very well. And it's been Joanna, we appreciate you taking the time to swing by the program today. Of course, we continue to wish you a very speedy recovery, uh, not only from Simon and I, but I know the entire soccer world wishes you a very speedy recovery. And uh, we look forward to hopefully having you back on the program again soon. So I appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for covering the game in such a sophisticated manner. And I look forward to being on the show again. Absolutely. And just so you know, Joanna, I'm on my way to Florida today, and the Joe Hawk shirt has found its way into my uh, suitcase. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Have you seen the new Joe Hawk shirt? No, there's a new one. Yeah, there's a new one. I'll have to get you guys two of them. They're orange, and they have my rainbow pattern in them. Oh, my um, goodness. Absolutely. Yeah, I got, yeah I'll, get, I'll get one for you guys. Awesome. Thank we you. appreciate it. Thank you, Joanna. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. All right. So there goes Joanna Lohman here on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. We've added a third host in the midst of all this, what? this great what? TV this magic. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, so a special thanks to Joanna Lohman from the Washington Spirit for stopping Absolutely. by. Now we get to come local. It's Coach Andy Dalvey of the Milwaukee Torrent. Andy, great to see you, sir. How are you today? 
I'm good. Thanks for having me once again. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good to see you. Of course, uh, not the as not as exciting of an opening weekend as you were hoping for. A 3-1 loss to AFC Ann Arbor. You got on the score sheet late, which anytime you don't get shout out, I think is still kind of a small victory. But you've had some time to process this. You've had some time to kind of diagnose what's going on. What, how, what have you decided to take away from this last weekend? How are you going to apply it to this upcoming week? Yeah, it basically uh, showed us as a team that obviously what I said the whole time before, it's a totally different level mm-hmm. than what we played last year. And um, you just, you can't you can switch, um, you can't turn the switch in, in a matter of, of days or weeks. And uh, um, responsible for those losses obviously is me. I'm the head coach. And it's not that I'm going to t- talk here and say, hey, this guy did this and this and this. You know how this is in soccer uh, without any mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um there are no goals, so something went wrong. But uh, I think we, we didn't play bad. I mean, you guys saw it. We, we were in control of the game uh, most of the time, even the second half. We just didn't finish it. Was Everything was great till the 18th. And then um, we couldn't progress from there to create enough, enough chances. And um, yeah, that's how it went. But um, with the way they played... Um, I was happy with the result. I mean, when you when you lose three um, one, it it sounds three one sounds a lot, but um, no. But they had, I, they w- had two goals in a matter of a two or three minutes. They did, minutes, yes. Yeah. Some and people may or may not blame that on the gypsy voodoo of the scoreboard getting stuck or whatever. <laughs> but aside from that, though, it was though it was it was yeah. still one zero for a vast majority yeah, of right, the game right. though. So yeah. it was anybody's game for a long time. Yeah, and then I mean, I need at one point I need to open. I put one. One of my center backs out played with a, mm-hmm. with a, with three in the back, and then I mean, they had a, the whole game. They had three shots on goal, and all right. three were in. Right. Mm. Well, so. one, one one of the things I did notice, and we kind of talked about this a little bit after the game, is is it seemed that when it got to your final third, there was a lot of very direct play, but not very creative play going on. You know, there weren't any crosses going into the box. It was always a, an attack coming from from the same place. How do you how do you fix that as a coach? How do you fix that during the week in practice? Well, what we what we did so far, we talked about, and what what we did, and what we're going to do today is. Um, and I said to the guys, we didn't get enough pressure with with all, uh, with our outside backs. Uh, they were not too much involved. That means the whole time our wingers or midfield wingers they were too far outside, with not enough support. If you have the outside back up there and they're able to bring those crosses, then you have those guys a little bit more inside. And on on the other side, if the ball, for example, was on our right side, our left back was not up far enough to to support. If you have somebody mm-hmm. on on the on the far post, but those are things. Um, sometimes where 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 then some players maybe think. Um, that may be a little bit scared. If the ball goes back, then I'm way too far in front. But you know what? That's that's what I said. Without mistakes in right. soccer, there are no goals. That's right. So, well, um, that's n- right. Now that you've had a regular season game to process, now that you've been able to get a, a decent idea, I know you still have a long time to figure out the players on your roster, but I know, and you're probably not going to give me the answer I think you're going to give me, <laughs> but do you miss any of the players that are not on the roster from last season to this season? Did, could any of them have helped maybe change the outcome or now that you've gotten a better feel of the team that would have added a, a, you know, more speed or more patience or on the ball? Dimension. Or just another dimension? No. No? And I, exactly. That's exactly the answer I knew I was going to get, but I, I just was curious because um, sometimes once you get the opponents in front of you, you're like, well, if we would have had X, Y, Z, we could have maybe challenged them this way or you know, whatever kind of thing. Well, obviously, I tried. I tried to to get the players that I wanted for the for mm-hmm. the system that I played. Um, for example, last year we played with three holding midfielders. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, right. we had last year that problem that um, in, in the center backs we were not constant enough. Mm-hmm. This is why I needed to put Drew Ruggles as a center back. Mm-hmm. Now that I can play Drew Ruggles in the holding midfielder, 
uh, as a holding midfielder, we only play with two holding midfielders. What I saw in all the scrimmages and even against the Ann Arbor game, and maybe you saw this too, we are much more compact in the center Absolutely. of the field. Yes. Uh, we had last year so many, so many attacks that came through through the center, and we just don't have it this year. So, um, but it's a work in progress. Is um, it's just the first game we have. We have 13 to go. I don't want to say we run the table now because it's just way too early. <laughs> but um, it's obviously with two upcoming games this weekend. Yeah. We have then on Sunday we have already three games played, and some of the teams won't even have played one game. Wow. Right. In so. fact. Uh, on Friday night, you take on Detroit City FC. This is their opening match of Correct. their NPSL mm-hmm. season. So Detroit City is is famous in soccer circles for for being a team that you know lower division team, but they're getting four or five thousand mm-hmm. uh, r- raucous fans yes. to their uh, to their stadium. So it's it's opening day for them. Uh, at the same time, they didn't finish too highly last year. I think they were fifth or sixth. I think the, the record division. was four, four, and four. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so there, there is an opportunity here. You have a good team. How do you go into this game? Well, we talked about this on Monday a little bit in length. I mean, obviously, this is um, most of those guys never played in front of, of this of this crowd. And mm-hmm. I mean, there are two things when you play in front of the crowd like this. There are two things that are pretty cool. The first thing is when five thousand people cheer for you. Or when five thousand people boo you, because mm-hmm. this can this can set stuff free. I mean, it, oh, it yeah. can it can it can push you when when they boo you. I remember Drew Ruggles told us a story that he played. I think he said in San Jose, and they called him Snuggles the whole time during the game. <laughs> you know, um, oh, but that's, that's like I don't think that would intimidate me. That'd be like, oh, thanks, guys. Right? Like, yeah, but <laughs> but if you you know, we had all this this Twitter wars with with yes, the fake right, accounts yes, and yes. stuff. Um, but you know, it will be this will be a game. Of your mind, if you are mentally, right. mentally not up for this, and if if you walk in there and there are five thousand people and they chant and they have the smoking bombs, and I mean for me, I mean this is the greatest thing that you I was want. about to say. You got to yeah. be really excited about oh, yeah. that. You're like, so, we need more of this. Oh, Here, yeah. Here's what I would do, Andy. I would have them watch Rocky Four before going into this match. <laughs> in Rocky Four, Rocky takes on the great Russian, and uh, what's his name? Ivan Drago. Yes, Drago. I will kill you. I will destroy mm. you. And, of course, by the end of the boxing match, the Russian crowd is cheering for Rocky. So that, that's what I expect from the Torrent this weekend yes. to get this Detroit City Detroit's going to chant for Rocky. Fans just start cheering go. for the Torrent. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we know we have some supporters coming, too. What is, what is always great, it doesn't matter how, how many, how many mm-hmm. are coming. But, I, I mean, I'm totally excited for, for this game. And I don't think um, as an opening game in front of this, and mm-hmm. I think they have some, pl- some new players on the roster, I think there's more pressure on them than on us. That's true. It's true. So for the for the the fact that the games are so close together on Friday, Sunday, are we going to see any personnel changes? Is Nick Barry or Josh Rhodes going to take one of the games and then the other is going to flip, or are you going to continue to stick Rhodes, with Nick Barry? Rhodes, he needs to get a different. You need to get that H out of his name. Okay, <laughs> come on, Josh, work on it. Right now, we can. I, we uh, I'm going to talk with Mark. Obviously, we have a practice today, practice tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big friend of rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, if they if if most other guys couldn't play a game on Friday and Sunday, I think then they shouldn't play. Makes sense at all um so and you saw also on, on even that we were behind um I, i'm not a big friend of subs at mm-hmm. all i mean it's great that you can sub seven times during a game <sighs> subbing seven times may be good when you're up by one zero and you try to run the clock down a little right. bit um so but we have to see obviously ev- everybody has the chance in practice to show me coach i mm-hmm. i want to play and um and they're doing it i mean our practices are hard they're intense and um, I'm happy that the guys, they're totally in. Mm. So, so is, it, is it fair to say that 
you don't have a straight start in 11. They have to earn their place each week in practice? Correct. Okay. Mm. And that makes sense. And I think sometimes, you know, players get so accustomed to the fact of like, oh, you know, I've, I've, I've started the first game, so I must be good the rest of the season. That's not how it works, especially when, you know, someone like you that has the same tactical mind, like, no, you have to earn it, which is good, especially at this level, because you don't want to get complacent and you're trying to make a name for yourself as well, too. So commendable to that one as well too yeah. but uh are there any upcoming promotions or anything for the upcoming sunday game that people need to be aware about or anything they no should everything going like like normal i know it's mother's day maybe we have a little surprise for the moms ah, who, come, who come to the to the game um but yeah we're excited again we had a great crowd we had 916 people there mm. what i think was great oh um, and something that baxter and i noticed with calling the game mm-hmm. is a lot more vocal this year already yes yes chanting Support. the drums yeah. the horns all that stuff and that's exactly what you need and that that stadium too at hard park the way it's kind of set down in the valley it all kind of echoes in there too it so echoes and, and it's it's a little bit more intimate as well it than is. it was over at eline yeah. even though eline doesn't have the track I actually felt closer you to s- this field yeah. Than, yeah. Than i got a, the same the same impression on the players too players liked it I think maybe it's because you guys are on the the fan side, I guess, or the home fan side from the bench perspective this season as well, yeah. too, instead of on the far side and, of the field. And I wanted on purpose. I also don't want to look into the sun the right. whole time. That's that's the other side. Yes, we're very thankful. We appreciate for that, that as well. That as well <laughs> too. Yeah, it was it was just funny. In the second half, we come out and we see where are all the people, and they switch mm-hmm. because the sun was still on on the on the other side. Yeah. So, but I mean, it was it was great to see that that we got the benefit with all those people, um, and yeah. All right. Well, Andy, we appreciate you swinging by today. Good luck on Friday and on Sunday as well, too. Thank uh, you very much. Crucial six points on the line, but also uh, some battle testing as well, too, against Detroit and Lansing as well, too. So we appreciate you stopping by today. So appreciate. So thank you for that. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Oh, for having me. Absolutely. You're, you're <laughs> you represent the yeah, whole organization, exactly. so that works. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, coming up, Simon and I are going to dive into the wide world of Major League Soccer and the NWSL a little bit more. Some crazy games over the weekend. I made the joke on social media and with a couple other friends as well too that I've picked just the absolute worst teams when it comes to supporting both the Revolution and the Houston Dash losing over the weekend 2-0 to their respective teams and the Columbus crew and of course uh, who did Houston play Chicago that's who it was over the weekend too so there's a lot that really has to be you know figured out and kind of put back together but uh, you know Simon and I are going to dive into that. We've got to check in on the predictions as well, too. So it's always great to not only have the guests live in studio, but also to be able to dive into other things that uh, we have a passion about. So it's definitely great to have that back. What? But, uh, what? Wah! what? What happened? More magic. Okay. Sorry, Baxter. I got a little, little scared there. Keep it together, Simon. Andy Davi does that, does that stuff yes. quick. Whew. Oh, my Lord. He's a funny guy. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, quick look into the comments here fast. We've seen some good ones come flying through here. Uh, a couple of folks here, uh, Kurt says, uh, he's, it's probably it's a great thing. They said the lack of subs makes it easier on the PA announcer. That is very true. Uh, <laughs> Kurt is the uh, PA announcer here for the Milwaukee Torrent. Luis says, you guys forgot to mention that Atletico Madrid takes on Real Madrid for the, US, or for the Champions League semifinals. Juventus is already waiting at Cardiff. Yes. Uh, big game yesterday for Juventus as they took down uh, Monaco in the semifinals. <laughs> Madrid and uh, Atletico Madrid uh, are going to be a fun one to watch as well. Uh, Bryce, I appreciate your comment that Andy Davi is like Batman disappearing. Exactly. Appreciate that, Bryce. I like it. He is. He's like, whoosh, whoosh. it's magic. He's actually <laughs> still here. You just can't see him. He's hiding in the corner. No, he he's gone. He's he's got to go coach a team to victory this weekend. Hey, so. for those of you who don't know, Baxter and I do the uh, Baxter does the play by play. I do the color analyst for uh, for the Milwaukee tour, and so that's where our comments were were coming from as well. Um, yes. But it was it was a great atmosphere compared to last year. It L- was a lot louder. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I, I know we don't want to go back and rehash all of that. But I, you know, just wanted to throw that out there. Absolutely. Max. No, I completely agree. And I mean, it's nothing against the, the the past venues, but some venues just work better than others. That's just the honest truth about it. You know? Absolutely. Right. So, right. All right. Uh, speaking of games that have taken place, uh, MLS continues to lose its mind and continue to prove that Simon and I don't know a damn thing. Who about does? The soccer who, world. who knows? Who Nobody knows? does. Like I've seen numerous articles. Uh, about MLS over the weekend from MLSsoccer.com, from Fox Sports, from numerous that says proof that nobody knows anything about However, Baxter, however, I, I was watching a show uh, that a certain league that we like to talk about on the show, yes. M- MLS, uh, their <laughs> own guys, you know, they were talking about the Houston Dynamo. Right. And talking about Wilmer, Wilmar Cabara. Yes. And saying about him that, you know, nobody saw this happening in Houston. Mm-hmm. Like, doggone it, we called that. We, we did. We called that Houston would, would be in the playoffs this year. And granted, it's not the end of the season, but they're doing everything we talked about right. that, that Wilmer was bringing in guys. How can you not think that Houston was going to be good well, this season? Well, he's bringing in guys that, that fit the system that mm-hmm. he wants to run, guys that he has relationships with. Um, <laughs> and, of course, going back to last year, where uh, I you know, had called that Colorado would make the playoffs. Right. And, and, and then, too, these same guys who are part of this league saying, well, nobody saw that coming. We, in fact, did see that coming. So although we, we may not do too great with our predictions, yeah. we've got a good hold on, on the season overall. We do. We absolutely do. And I'm just looking at the standings right now. And honestly, there's a lot of weird stuff going on to an extent. Toronto and FC Dallas, both atop their respective conferences. Makes sense. That's what it's supposed to be. Absolutely. That's kind of what we had yep. talked about. As soon as you start trickling down in the east a little bit, that's where it gets a little wonky. Orlando, then NYCFC, and two and three. That's a little surprising. Columbus, we knew they were going to have a resurgence. The Red Bulls down at five, that's and Chicago surprising. holding on at six. That's not surprising. To no, me. we all kind of had a feeling that Chicago was going to hang around that six-seven mark pretty much all season long, and that's what they've done through the first three games, for the first nine games, three, three, and three so far. So good for them. Yeah, the uh, the West isn't too surprising. I think people could say perhaps the LA Galaxy is a little bit of yes. a surprise. Again, many many people were questioning, including myself, the hiring of uh, Kurt Anofalo mm-hmm. as the head coach for the LA Galaxy. I think we've already seen early in the season that he does well with the lower division teams, with the developmental teams, but when it comes to an MLS team... Didn't do well with D.C. United. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the other team. I think it was Kansas City that he was with. Didn't do well there. And he's not doing well at the LA Galaxy. So it's not that much of a surprise uh, that the LA Galaxy has right. been losing games. But I think, uh, and granted, I know they came back and had that draw with Chicago. Mm-hmm. But they are, they are just not the same LA Galaxy that we've seen the no. last 10 years, to be fair. And you and I have talked about this as well too numerous times the last couple of weeks, that LA is a shell of themselves. And it's not because they want to be. It's because they are just different. They well, don't have the big-time players anymore. And I'm actually I, I'm, I'm interested to see now, without Jermaine Jones, mm-hmm. if this team is any better. Jermaine Jones has come out and said, no, look, you know, I'm tired of people saying that I'm a bad player. I'm right. not a bad player. Look how well I did in the World Cup. Uh, but... He hasn't been doing that much for LA Galaxy. Right. And, and you do wonder how much the Galaxy depends on these, uh, these older guys mm-hmm. to, to lead the team. It's, it's time to start focusing on younger players. Exactly. And I've been incredibly critical of Jermaine Jones as a whole the last couple of seasons. And I think that he, aside from that one good year he had with New England, hasn't done a whole lot for the league overall. I mean, he helped rejuvenate Colorado a little bit, but then it, it tapered off again. And he's not going to do that again in L.A. It's just he's past his prime. He doesn't have a lot to offer anymore. L.A. needs to start honing in on their young, talented guys and trying to rebuild again. And it's okay. You see dynasties fall and then get back up again. That's what makes them yeah, dynasties. Yeah, it's just, as we've talked about on the show before, just terrible timing yes. for L.A. to start losing its sparkle with LAFC moving in right, next exactly. year. Right, exactly. 
So aside from that, you look at the standings. Vancouver finds themselves in sixth place. Minnesota United has now captured their third victory of the season as well, too. They sit in seventh place with 11 total points. Seattle has been on the edge. Colorado is arguably the worst team. Obviously, statistically, they are. Four total points, one, six, and one on the season. Oh, that's another thing we called, by the we way. We did. That like, Colorado would be repeat. bad this it's year. It's not going to be yep. the same. New England, don't even get me started. They're just atrocious, 2-4-4. Four, and four. That's a very generous 10 points that they have this season. Philadelphia as well, too. So you look at the weekend that was. I don't want to go through every single game, sure. but you look at how it was. Philadelphia, they get a hat trick out of C.J. Sapong. Then you go flip it over some of the other games. San Jose, they beat Portland. I know they were missing some of their big players, well, but still no, a I, I, victory. I, it, it didn't surprise me too much. Uh, Jungworth for San Jose is mm-hmm. really starting to come on as a very strong player yes. in this league, as, as was expected. Uh, the Portland loss doesn't surprise me too much. It's not that they, would lo- they didn't have a couple of their good players. They didn't have Diego Valeri and Darlington Nagby, right. the heartbeats of the team. Yes. Uh, and, and you can say, you know, it does speak to the depth of MLS. I was just about to say, yeah. At the same time, Baxter, let's, let's like this to other American sports. Mm-hmm. What are the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers? That's true. I think the one exception is perhaps New England Patriots, how right. well they still did without Tom Brady. But, you know, what What were the Chicago Bulls when Michael Jordan wasn't able to play? Right. You know, so... It, I mean, they still had Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and some of those other sure, big players. Sure. But I get what you're saying. Right. You, know? you take away two hugely important players, mm-hmm. they're, they're irreplaceable. Correct. So this loss for Portland... Didn't concern me too much, to be honest with you. I agree. The one thing I took away from the weekend that I think is a is a positive is NYCFC has figured out how to play on a baseball diamond. They have. They've started to yes. figure it out now. I mean, it's been a couple of seasons. This is year three of this project now. But David Villa and company are still very dangerous. And Pirlo continues to sit on the bench, which has been more of a benefit than a negative. But David Villa continues to show that he's ageless. Which David Villa sure great. does. I, I do wonder, you know, everybody's saying, okay, Pirlo's done, Pirlo's done. How many times have we seen in this game right. where a player is done and then they, you know, a team starts to suffer, they put the old man back in there, and boom, he shows that everybody, no, I'm, I'm not done yet. Yes, yep, exactly. So so I, I'm, I'm I, interested I, to I've see later in the season. I've been a big David Villa fan my entire life, as long as I've known about him. I've always had nothing but massive respect for David Villa. So it's great to see him continuing to score goals at a high level. Uh, any other takeaways from the weekend before we swap over to NWSL and then make our predictions? Yeah, it's uh, Vancouver for me is, is really coming on strong. Yeah. Uh, Breck Shea is playing quite good soccer right now. So it, it'll be interesting to see if Breck Shea, if he continues to play the way that he is, right. will we see him back with the national team at some point? Maybe. I don't know. That, Breck Shea is one of those strange players for me yeah. that uh, I just never know what you're going to get out of him, and I, I, I don't know how much he can actually offer at an international level. He's a good club player. I don't think he's a great national team player, personally. Sure. Uh, let me just say one more thing, Baxter. Houston beating Orlando 4 nothing. That was a bit of surprise. Yeah. Because that sent how, a big message. sent a big message, uh, most especially because Orlando's actually had a very strong defense mm-hmm. this year. Um, so to, and they looked uh, unbeatable to get at shut times, out, too unbeatable um and yet here we see that they're very capable of being beat at the same time right houston has made bbva compass stadium a fortress they have i mean you, you look at houston as a whole this season i mean they've done nothing but continuously put goals in the back of the net i mean they are 5-0-1 oh, at home and even the only issue is when they go on the road they've lost all three of their road games this year so if they can still at least turn in the home stadium to be a fortress as you mentioned simon that will certainly be if you can win 
you know, most of your games at home, you're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, you have a few draws on the road. You get one win in there. Yeah. They'll be in. They'll yep. be fine. Absolutely. All right, uh, swapping over to the NWSL. Uh, Colin, or Cole checking in. He said, did I miss Jolo? Yes, you did, unfortunately, Cole. Uh, she was here earlier on. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it not only on Brew Sports' website, brewsportsnet.com. You can find it on our website, twoupfrontsoccer.com, and also on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com as well, too. So a lot of places to find it. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, uh, the NWSL over the weekend uh, also, as we mentioned, continue to be the theme of the week. Proves that we really don't know a whole lot, except for one thing, that North Carolina is a very good team. Absolutely. Undefeated Baxter. Goal differential of five, just four games into the season. They've only allowed one goal this entire season. That's just like Buffon for uh, Juventus. He's only allowed one goal in the run of play. Uh, in, in the field of play mm-hmm. uh, during Champions League play. Wow. So, which I, I know we don't talk too you much about. You talk about somebody League, that's ageless, though. Yeah, that's well, right, exactly. That's incredible. Exactly. But yeah, uh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, defending champions, really, just in a different name this year from Western right. New York Flash to North Carolina. By the way, I found out that Western New York Flash still does exist. They do. They're the WPS, the I believe so. Pro Soccer yeah. or, or Women's. Women's. So- women's. Not WPS, that was the old league. No. Uh, WPSL, Women's Premier Soccer League. Yes, I that's what it is. Yeah, because I, I, for some reason, found myself on their Facebook page and I'm like, wait a minute, this <laughs> still exists. It was very strange. And then I was like, oh, this is the smaller division. Like, they all have, like, U23 players on their team right. or something like that. But, so. of course, the big news coming out of North Carolina, Jessica McDonald yes. breaking the all-time scoring Good record. And I know it's a young league, but still, how great it is to say that I'm the leading scorer right. all-time of this league. And I think if you would place bets at the league, in the beginning of the league, when it started to say, all right, name, you know, your top three or four people out of this pool of players you think is going to break the scoring record first or be the all-time scorer, whatever, you'd have been Kim Little, you'd have said the Wombacks, the Morgans, the LaRues, any of those people. Nobody would have given a second thought to Jess McDonald. And that's nothing against her no, nothing, overall. No, it, actually, just, I think it has, speaks a lot to her. Exactly. Ex- exactly. That she, she uses this stuff as motivation, as she's told us on the show. She's got a very strong faith, and mm-hmm. that's, that's what she lives by. That's what gets her through the day. And uh, she's done well in the right. WSL, has earned her a few call-ups with the national team. So at the end of the day, no, I don't think that's uh, slighting her at all. It's a huge compliment right. to her. Absolutely. The weekend was also crazy in the sense there were three own goals over the weekend. Sarah Hagen, uh, Jess Fishlock, and uh, one for uh, Sky Blue FC. I'm spacing on who that was, but uh, a whole host of own goals over the weekend. KC and Orlando drew 1-1. Marta got her first goal in the NWSL, as we mentioned, North Carolina. Uh, just an absolute wrecking ball. I spoke to a couple of people that were at that game, and they said that Sam Mewis is just absolutely incredible to watch. She just continues to just destroy the midfield. And people were watching the Mewis versus Lavelle battle all day. They're very good friends, but on the field, Sam Mewis is a tank and just completely shut down Rose Lavelle in a, in a good thing if you're in North Carolina. But I think it's a concerning thing if you're Boston. Well, absolutely. Uh, Rose Lavelle, by the way, named before that game was named Player of the Month yep. for April and deservedly so, getting her first assist, first goal in the season. But, yeah, that's, that is the big concern for Boston, Baxter. You shut down... Uh, Rose Lavelle, who is quickly becoming the heartbeat of that team, right? It, it does show that Boston's going to struggle. I want to ask a question too, and I, this is totally off what we normally talk about. But for Rose Lavelle, how I don't know if desperate's the right word, but how desperate do you think the league is for Rose Lavelle to be successful? How badly do they want Rose Lavelle to be good? Because I feel like one goal and one assist getting you the Player of the Month, I think, seems a bit a bit low, well, a actually, bit low to me. I look at that award; it's it's. Uh, I give the league credit in that it wasn't just based off of those stats. Correct. Uh, she has played wonderfully on the field. She has, the yes. creativity that she that we first saw with her on the national team in that She Believes Cup, we've seen her bring to Boston. And right. I truly believe that's the main reason 
that uh, that she was named Player of the Month. Right, and, but, I, and I would agree with that but, as well. But more to your question, uh, desperate? I, I wouldn't say too desperate, and the reason being, Baxter, is that the league has tons of good players in it. Um, Rose Lavelle's still making a name for herself mm-hmm. when it comes to household names. You know, I, I think they're still more concerned about how is Marta going to continue to play. Is she going to, you know, she is she going to live up to, to the hype train even though she's a little bit older now? Um, how are the other players like Tobin Heath going to continue to do? Those are still right. the players that are going to sell the league. So is the league desperate for Rose Lavelle? I wouldn't put desperate. Do they really want her to be well? Yeah, absolutely, because they want as many faces as they can. Now, for a market like Boston itself, mm-hmm. that's where I think you can put the desperation label. Yes, I completely agree with you on that one too. And from the people that I talked to that were at that game, they said that Rose Lavelle is an incredibly talented player but she's soft. As soon as, soft. You hit, as soon as you hit her two or three times, she's done. And that's mm. what happened. Sam Mewis used her basically foot, you know, not about a half a foot size more than her, put her to the ground a couple of times, and you saw Roosevelt completely back off the ball. And she completely went into a corner, and that's how North Carolina was able to control is because they were able to be legally physical right, with her, right. and they shut her down because she obviously is a very quick, talented player, but there's not a lot to Rose Lavelle. If you look at her, uh, you know, she's not very big. She doesn't have a lot of extra muscle that she can use to get around defenders. Her speed is her big thing, but if you put a couple of extra hits on Rose Lavelle, that's what starts to slowly slow her down and kind of get in her head yeah and it, and it doesn't always matter about muscle it actually just depends on how well you can use your center of gravity and right it's one of the things i was always a small player myself um and that's what i learned quickly is how mm-hmm. to use my center of gravity so if i did get hit i'd surprise people and, and right and stay on my feet sometimes yeah. sometimes baxter <laughs> exactly no, <laughs> anyway same here no I, I agree so kind of an interesting thing in that regards if you uh, let us know your thoughts in the comment section below about uh, you know this discussion with Rose Lavelle, and I'm not. I'm not suggesting that she's soft. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just telling <laughs> You're you. You're telling what you got from what the people. Reports yeah, were. from right. the reports that I got firsthand from folks that were at the game. This is some of the the insight that they've delivered to me. How, however, if you do want to beat up on Baxter in the comments section, That's feel fine. free to do so. Go Wouldn't right ahead. The, we don't mind. It's never the first. There's never the first time for some of that stuff. People <laughs> love to come at me, so it's completely fine. I've just kind of embraced that, honestly. So, all right, let's look at some predictions here, Simon, real quick. Uh, as we get ready to wrap things up, our predictions are brought to you by Red Lines Pub here in Milwaukee. We are presented by Three Lines Pub. Uh, and, of course, a lot of fun business uh, to get to from a, a – um, can't think of the word right now – from a prediction standpoint. Yes. There we go. Couldn't, yes. get, couldn't get the word out. Uh, do you want to start in the NWSL sure, or where do you want to roll? Sure, well, let's, let's do NWSL. All right, Houston and Sky Blue FC. That game is on Lifetime on Sunday. Uh, that's going to be a fun one, rather, on Saturday. Uh, who takes this game? Houston uh, has the home field advantage. They do. I, I'm actually going to take Houston on this one. Yeah, same here. I'm going to have to agree with you. I think that Sky Blue, we thought they were going to be a good club. They've kind of dropped off recently. I'm a little concerned about the defense that Christy Holly was so complimentary of. Uh, I, I want to see if they can potentially rebound. Right. But I think Houston has a lot to prove, and they're going to try to use a weak Sky Blue team to try to reassert themselves in this league. So looking forward to that. Seattle and Washington is kind of the wild card of the weekend. You don't really know what you're going to get, in all honesty. Uh, Seattle, in theory, should win this game. But the way Washington scored last week, I know that was against a, a bad team. But Seattle has been inconsistent the last couple no, of games. No, but Seattle did go into Portland and draw 2-2 with the Thorns in front of over 16,000 people, Baxter. I think Seattle starts figuring things out. When you got players like, as you said, Naren, uh, Fishlock, uh, Kopmeyer in, in goal, mm-hmm. uh, Seattle's going to get this figured out, and I think Washington's just the team for them to uh, to be able to do that against. So I'm, right. I'm taking Seattle in this one. Fair enough. All right, uh, next game to take a look at, Kansas City and Portland. The Thorns, as you just mentioned, got a 2-2 draw. Allie Long continues to score goals at the last gasp and continues to prove that she is a quality player. Portland should have won this game. 
um, but because of that own goal, courtesy of Jess Fishlock. But then Seattle was able to bounce back, and then Allie Long saved them at the end as well, too. Kansas City's been on a bit of a downward spiral after their opening day success. Do they rebound now here at home against a very formidable opponent in Portland? Uh, I'm actually going to take a draw on this one, Baxter. Mm, uh, again, I think it's the, the travel for Portland. Uh, they put a lot mm-hmm. of emotion in that 2-2 draw with Seattle. So I'm actually banking on Portland not being able to meet the occasion hmm. and take a draw on this. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go with Portland on this one, honestly. I think the way that Allie Long has been playing through the midfield, it's allowed her to become more of a creative midfielder. Uh, for the Thorns, and she's going to continue to wreak havoc. So I'm excited to see what she can do. Uh, Orlando and North Carolina. Orlando playing host to the defending champions. Uh, Marta, of course, tries to do everything that she possibly can to make the pride relevant. I think Orlando still has a ton of holes. I don't care how good Ashlyn Harris or Allie Krieger is. You still need nine other players on the field that actually are going to step up. Marta, I guess, fills that void, but you're still left with eight. You still need eight more players to show up. It's not going to happen. North Carolina, I think, is going to get a couple of goals. Lynn Williams is going to finally get her form back, and she's going to score a goal as well, too. Uh, and I think North Carolina runs away with this one by two or three goals. Yeah, I agree with you, Baxter. North Carolina, until they lose a game, I'm picking them to win every single one they go mm-hmm. into. I completely agree. And then finally, Chicago playing host to the Boston Breakers on Sunday. Rose Lavelle and company traveling into Chicago to take on Kristen Press, Julie Ertz, and all that fun business as well. Uh, Julie Ertz has been an incredible uh, transition from center back to a center midfield. She scored a ton of goals to start the season. Chicago at home. This is a huge test for Boston. I want to see how Boston plays on the road, but similar to North Carolina uh, with the fact that they keep, you're going to keep picking them to, to win, I'm going to keep picking against Boston until I really have a true belief in them. I know that they're 2-2-0, two, two and zero, but I, I'm not sold on Boston quite yet. Chicago has more dominant pieces that I think that they're going to put it together, especially at home. I'm actually going to take a draw on this one, Baxter, okay. and I, I think it's a, it's a good, uh, evenly played field when you're matching offense against defense. Chicago has right. led in three goals in only four games, but Boston has scored four goals in those four games. Now, granted, one goal a game is not, not, not huge, right. but they're almost exactly even on their, on, their, on their goal differential as well. So I'm actually going to take a draw on this one. I think Boston is going to surprise some people. I think you're talking about Rose Lavelle mm-hmm. uh, you know, being, a, being a bit soft. Maybe this game's that she, she decides she's going to prove people wrong. All right, this and would be a game to do it. That's right. So if she does, watch out. But I'm going to take another draw on this one. All right, fair enough. Uh, flopping over to the MLS side of things uh, very quickly before we jump out of here. Uh, a couple of people thrown in their comments as well, too. David says, Kansas City. He says, Kansas City's been on a downward spiral uh, since I officially made them his favorite team to support. Hashtag my bad. Well, actually, I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world, David. My, I'm a Dash fan, so I understand. Uh, all right, quickly through the MLS production, uh, predictions. Columbus, Toronto, they play tonight. And then Houston, Vancouver plays on Friday night. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna continue to take TFC here, Baxter. I think Columbus being Agreed. at home is a good thing for them. But you saw how strong TFC was without mm-hmm. Javinko against Seattle. Seattle's not that great of a team right now. Sorry, Keo, I see you commenting there true, saying though. go Sounders. It's true, uh, but even Sounders fans have to admit something's something's rotten in the state of Seattle. Right, exactly. Maybe because so, it rains too much. Uh, I don't know. But that being said, I, I think Toronto's man, they're, if they're not the team. best team in the league, maybe FC Dallas is just above them. But uh, right. TFC over uh, Columbus. Yep, I agree. Columbus as well. Uh, TFC is going to get that victory. Houston and Vancouver is going to be a fun one to watch on Friday night. Viernes de football, uh, I'm assuming, although I don't see it's going to be on uh, uh, Unimas, so we'll have to see, I guess. It's going to be on TSN 1 and MLS Live and all that fun 57. Cube 57, so it must be some Canadian thing. But uh, I am going to actually pull an upset. I'm going to say Vancouver gets the upset in this one. I don't usually go against Houston, but I think Vancouver, with a couple of the recent things they've done, 
I think they might be able to pull the upset in this one. Uh, I think with the travel with Vancouver, listen, Houston has traditionally dominated Vancouver they at have. home, and I think it's going to continue to go that way. I see Houston winning this one. Okay, TFC playing Minnesota. You'd like to think this is a pretty straightforward bang-bang kind of pick, but the way Minnesota's played the last couple of games, you'd like to think it might be a little bit closer. It is the second game of the week for TFC. Minnesota's going to be fresh. They got a victory last week against SKC. Maybe it falls in Minnesota's realm, but not this week. No, it does not, Baxter. Uh, listen, Minnesota's now starting a very difficult stretch. They had a nice right. home stand. Now they're starting a very difficult away stand. Away stand? Uh, away, away trip. Away trip. Thank there you. you. Go. Thank you. Can you stand on the road, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Um, again, I think TFC, they're learning how to rotate players. True. Uh, and, and they're going to take this one as well. But Minnesota United... Surprising a lot of people actually playing a lot better than Atlanta United. So they've, they've kind of flip-flopped in the second half of this first part of the season. Very true. Colorado-San Jose, we don't need to spend much time there. San Jose is going to grab that victory. Uh, DC, Amen, brother. DC United-Philly, that's always the big derby in that East Coast. It'll be a lot of fun. I don't want to get on the Philly train yet. I'm going to call it a draw. I'm going to take... <sighs> Regrettably, I'm going to take DC United. Ben Olsen is hmm. pretty ticked off. Called his team uh, so. uh, a word that I cannot repeat here on the air. Uh, I think his team's going to come out to prove themselves are better mm. than what they've been showing. Philadelphia, for me, that was a, a, a nice positive blip on the radar, but that's yep. all it's going to be. The hat trick by CJ Sapong. Um, Take him out of the game, and, and you win. Right, exactly. Montreal-Columbus. I think Columbus is going to rebound from that earlier week loss that they're going to suffer tonight to TFC. Uh, I don't know what you think about that game. I'm taking, I'm taking Montreal. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yep. Good to know. Orlando-SKC. I think this is going to be a draw. I think both clubs are a little shocked about how their games went last week, both con- uh, com- conceding a total of six goals between the two of those clubs last week, four for Orlando, two for SKC. I think they're going to both be hot and try to get back at each other, but they're going to draw on this Yeah, game. don't forget Sporting Kansas City had a two-game week mm-hmm. last week. They did beat the Red Bulls 2-0 at home. They did. Uh, but I got Orlando taking this one, Baxter. Oh, I think okay. Orlando gets his defense, their defense back together. Jason Kreiss is doing great things down there, even though they had that 4-0 loss. Right. Uh, they continue to play that diamond. I, I think they're going to stretch Kansas City out and win this one. I agree. New England and RSL. Um, I think gosh. New England finally gets a win, Baxter. Maybe. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, I'll say New England just because I really want them to win. That's I'm about, taking that's New the England. the biggest analysis I can give you on that one. Chicago hosts Seattle. I think Chicago takes this victory. I agree. Honestly. Taking the fire. Uh, Red Bulls, Galaxy. Red Bulls need a victory. Both teams need a victory, but I think New York, New York is just a little bit better, and they find a way to make a draw. Yeah, I think I'll make a draw. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think New York's <laughs> a lot better than L.A. Um, it, they got to get things figured out, but right. I, I'm taking New York in this one. Bradley Wright Phillips. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he gets a brace this game. Ah, okay. Portland and Atlanta. Uh, you'd like to think this is going to be a hot and heavy game. Uh, it might still be. Might, I actually think it will be, Baxter. It depends on, on mm-hmm. d- does Portland get some of their key players back. If they do, the Timbers win this one. Right. Um, the first time hosting Atlanta at Providence Park. I think that, let's see, East first, West. So this is probably the only time they're hosting them Ooh. this season. I uh, could be wrong about that, though. Didn't look ahead. But, yeah, I'm taking Portland on this one. All right, and then uh, I've got Portland in this game as well, too. Arguably the game of the week, FC Dallas playing NYCFC. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's down in Dallas. Uh, I think that NYCFC is going to push the Reds to the limit, but I think FC Dallas at home is a very hard place to win in. We're still in that part of the season, Baxter, where we've got a warm part of the country and a and cool. colder part yep. of the country. I think the heat and humidity is really going to work against New York City FC. 
FC Dallas is too creative, too strong of a team right now. I'm giving this one to FC Dallas. I completely agree. All right, uh, let us know your predictions in the comments section below. A quick final check on the comments before we jump out of here. Frank says, morning, boys. I've passed your show on to some of my soccer-loving friends. Uh, they are very excited. Well, thank you. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate that. Uh, Keo says, Harry Ship will be back in uh, Chicago. All right. Oh, that's a great point, yeah. So that'll yeah, be an interesting, interesting thing to see there. Uh, Kurt says apparently Simon is actually just sitting on the floor apparently with how tall or short you actually are I'm not, not exactly <laughs> sure about that one uh, David also says if I'm Boston I am too concerned about Lavelle had a tough game she's young better than she has uh, she still is going to have to struggle uh, but she'll break through eventually when it comes to national team games. So I'm not too sure about naming the show Baxter and Friends. By the way, I, I, I did see that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't. I can't take any kind of any kind of credit or whatever. Greg, your checks in the mail. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, a very special thanks to Andy Dobby from the Milwaukee Torn for swinging by today, and of course for Joanna Loman from the Washington Spirit as well too. If you missed any of the show, you can find it here on Brew Sports Facebook page. Also, go to brewsportsnet.com to get it there. And, of course, you can find it on our website, the number two, twoupfrontsoccer.com, and it's on iTunes, Spreaker.com, and iHeartRadio as well, too. Yeah, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Two Up Front, in the search bar. And uh, Twitter, we are at Two Up Front Soccer. I'm Baxter. I'm not Baxter. I did it again. Did it again. More coffee, please. Intern, more coffee. Anyway. Either way, you're at Baxter Colbert. That's I'm me. at Simon Proven. But before we totally sign off, I want to wish a very happy Mother's Day, especially to my dear wife, yes. Sarah. To your wife as well, Baxter. Yes, thank you. Sorry, still in there, thunder there. Uh, but to all the moms out there, what you do is incredible work. And uh, I personally thank you for what you do. Absolutely. And also a quick two seconds. Uh, happy birthday to a good friend of the show, Rachel Wood, as well. Too, ah, happy, so birthday, happy birthday, Rachel. Happy birthday to you, Rachel. Uh, thanks for all you do for two up front. So, all right. Uh, thanks to Keo and Paul and Frank and Luis and Kurt and Greg and David and everybody else that was in the comments section. You guys are awesome. Coming up next is Halftime here on Brew Sports with myself and Mitch Vomhoff. I vowed the other day I might cut Mitch's man bun off. We'll see if he lets me do it. I probably won't. But either way, stick around to see what I happens. Got, i got to get out of here. That's Simon Proven. I'm Baxter <laughs> Colbert with our manager being the one above. We are two up front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.